We popped the lid on the Tupperware and it's passed the sniff test. But it's still good. And now we're reheating it just for you. These are the best bits of Matt and Alex all day breakfast. Alex Dyson, you know those moments in your life that you look back on, lying in bed, yeah. can't sleep. Yeah, I know them. Just constantly. I know them well. Just getting you. I mean, and they can be they can be little things as well. I remember um, I was I was on a little holiday with um, a friend in year eight, and I, and I was on the, at their Gold Coast apartment, and the mum came over with a plate of biscuits with tomato and cheese on them. You know, jats of tomato and cheese. There's about eight of these jats of cheese on them, and she said, uh, "Here you go, Matt." And she held out the plate, and I went to take the plate. And she pulled the plate back and says, no, you can have one. And that, that moment sticks to me like I felt like such an idiot, right? But, but the, the reason why I bring it up is because the very first segment in this, this is an all-day breakfast best of. Yeah. Uh, we are not officially here, but we are officially here. <laughs> That's it. Uh, you could be looking at your, down at your phone and just going, hang on, all-day breakfast episode? Did they say that they were going to be on holidays? Well, yes, but... We do not like to leave you without sending a postcard. And so that's, that's right. what this is. Every Wednesday, you're going to be getting a brand new best of episode of the uh, the coolest moments we've had recently. And you're right, Matt, the first of which, if I was you, would haunt me to my grave. <laughs> it would be hovering above me through whatever social interaction I have. Because I don't know how, I don't know how you've managed to reintegrate yourself to society, but you have, and all credit to you. But up next, you're going to hear... Exactly what happened to Matt O'Kide when he was <laughs> filming a movie on the Gold Coast. As well as that, a great chat with Peking Duck. There was a couple of dark days in sporting history, I want to tell you as well. Uh, but it should be good. And it's a great show. Welcome to you if you're listening to All Day Breakfast for the very first time. We started this uh, podcast in May. It's been a wild ride throughout the year, Matt. Uh, but very excited to uh, start ticking it off and be back with you in 2021. But every Wednesday, you get a special little treat in your inbox. So you can uh, catch up on a few of the big moments that we've had and... Uh, Potentially, we'll be making a few new ones over the next little while as well. Yeah, so let's uh, let's let's get me out of my misery and uh, <laughs> get this first bit over and done with. Me embarrassing myself again. It's Matt and Alex, all day breakfast. Hope you're having a goodie. This is just the start. Everyone ready? Let's get this show on the road. Let's go. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Matt and Alex, all day breakfast. Alex Dyson, have I ever told you about the time I called Jojo? <laughs> Wait. <laughs> the only Jojo I know is the girl who sings the song, Get Out Right Now, yeah. It's the End of You. And- yeah, this song. That Jojo. <laughs> is it, was she on a different radio station and they would like, give us no, a call if you No, like- no, 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 no. Because you know how I was in Fox 2000's 2005 smash hit Aquamarine? I remember, yeah. Yeah, she, well, was that the one that Sean McAuliffe was in as well? Sean McAuliffe was in it. Claudia Carvin was in it as well. Emma and, Roberts. And Jojo. Um, who, is, who is Julia Roberts' niece. And Jojo was in it. And that was my first role ever. Wow. But, uh, but see, she, Jojo was playing a real, like the, one, of the, one of the lead characters. Oh, yeah. Um, Jojo doesn't play the waiter. <laughs> <laughs> Jojo isn't a graduate of QUT Bachelor of Fine Arts, okay, like, like me. Yep. She has the real, the real geeks, which, by the way, love QT, Bachelor of Fine Arts of Acting. If you're looking to study acting, go there. Um, 
Or you could go do some waiting hospitality training and you probably do it better than that. <laughs> just, just as good. <laughs> Honestly, you'll, you'll be just as qualified, I promise. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things. I feel, you know, have you ever made a phone call that just makes you, like, have you, have you ever made a phone call that when you look back on it, you just cringe? You just want to shrivel? You just turn into an absolute sultana? Um, not that I can think of right now. Even I mean, to like a, every maybe... single time you had to call a landline and talk to someone's parent, particularly someone well, you liked, and you go, hi, is, um, <laughs> is, is Sarah there? <laughs> May I ask always... who's calling? <laughs> <laughs> it just makes you go, <laughs> But, um, yeah. I mean, this was just one of those moments, you know, because I was on Aquamarine, but I was, I was just a bit part. I had one line. Yeah. Were you, you was know? that in the scene with her? We were all on set on the same day. Okay. Their, their scene was being filmed on one side of the beach and mine was towards. So the whole thing is they're trying to hide the mermaid and they've got a massive crush on this dude called Jake. Yep. And Jake is trying to sort of talk to them and then me and my buds roll up in a Jeep. <laughs> With the top down and yell out, and I yell out, "Hey, come on, man, we gotta go. Lobster Bay's going off right now." <laughs> and then he, you and roll then the, out. the cool dude jumps in the car and we drive off, yeah. right? Which, which is still a scene that exists in the film. All right, um, can we track it down? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, it, it's it's right. there. It exists very much. So I have been dubbed over. <laughs> I've been dubbed. over. Weren't a fan of your accent. The take I, wasn't a good take. I guess I was not American enough. I definitely got dubbed over, I'm pretty sure. And the line got changed as well. So instead of me saying, hey, come on, man, we've got to go. Lobster Bay's going off. I think I just say, hey, come on, man, let's go. And Or some random American <laughs> voice says that. Um, but Lincoln Lewis was in it as well. Mm. Um, we were both playing. So I, I, had, I had the line, though. There was four of the boys that were with this, the cool dude, the main dude, best friends in the, in the show. But I had the line. Right, the mm. one line. So Lincoln and two other guys didn't have any dialogue. Um, but that meant that I was way more expensive per day to be in the movie. Mm. So they had to really choose the days that I'd be there because it was, you know, important for me to say my one line and get off. So, anyways, we got to this situation where um there was a big dance scene. And I've and I've met so Jojo. So you do, do a single line, but you are in the background for a lot of other. I'm things. supposed to be in the background for a couple of other shots, right? Yeah. So um, Lincoln and all the other friend guy friends, you know, like people that we're on the set with, who are playing the the friend characters of the main dude, they're all talking about how, oh yeah, you're going to be coming set tomorrow, yeah, blah 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 blah. They're all talking about, oh, we're going to film this dance scene, everything like that. And I'm like, in my head, I'm thinking, I haven't been. I haven't been invited for this dance scene. So, and so I, I get home, I'm looking at the call sheet and I'm like, yeah, no, my name's not, I haven't, I, I, I'm waiting for an email to come through from my agent. I'm thinking, why is there no, oh, maybe they've forgotten about me. So I call up Lincoln. I say, do you know, do you know if I'm supposed to be in the, in the dance scene, the big dance scene? And he's like, no, I don't know. I haven't heard anything, man. I said, yeah, just cause I don't know. I don't have an email. And him and some other fr- and, and a couple of other people on set had all hung out with yep. Jojo and Emma Roberts that weekend, you know, showing them around the Gold Coast and stuff. What were you doing? And I said, and I, said well, I, w- I wasn't invited. You had a comedy gig in Melbourne that weekend. This you is why head- <laughs> I squirm about it, okay? Talk about not getting the hint. <laughs> they didn't want me there. No one wanted me there. 
The crew didn't want me there, obviously. And the great irony, <laughs> and the great irony of all of this is that your one line was inviting people to a party. <laughs> so I, I go to Lincoln like, oh, so do you know if I'm supposed to be there? He's like, oh, no, man. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know anything. And so I was like, oh, well... Who would who would know? Like, surely, do you think JoJo's got like a call sheet, like a proper call sheet? And Lincoln was like, "Um, uh, yeah, I, I guess so." And oh, then I was she's like, "The star of the film, I'm sure she'd be there most days." And <laughs> well, that's it. So then I was like, "Well, can you can you give me her number and I'll see whether I." <laughs> Aren't there producers and, I, 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 and people on films like this for this, this very it. reason? I just, I just wanted Directors. to be part of the club. Everyone was talking with each other. I wasn't. Ah, oh, this so is why gave it you, kills me. He gave you JoJo's number. Yeah, he's like, oh, okay, I guess. And so then he gave me JoJo's number and I called her. And I was like, hey, she's like, hello. And I'm like, is this JoJo? And she's like, no. And then she went to hang up and I went, no, 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 it's Matt. I'm, uh, I played Nick in the, in the movie and she was like, oh. Okay. And I was like, do you know if I'm supposed to be filming tomorrow? Oh, no, Matt. Matt. And she said. It's the end of you and me. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> That's the last time we've spoken. <laughs> Guys are having some time off to clear the backlog on their Netflix queue. So, in the meantime, here are some of their best bits. Matt and Alex, all day breakfast. All right, Matt O'Kind, it's time to talk to a couple of our favourite gentlemen in the biz. They make some absolute bangers and their latest is no exception. They've teamed up with some other incredible artists, the Wombats, to produce this tune... Pulsing electro track called Nothing to Love About Love. It's none other than Ruben and Adam from Peking Duck. Boys, hello. (laughs) (laughs) The reunion's on. It's happening. (laughs) Gentlemen, how Um, are we? Let's start with you, Ruben. Where are you? What what are you doing? Tell us about everything. I'm good. I'm bloody good. Uh, I'm currently in Sydney. It's, uh, it's, It's lovely weather up here. You can see all around... But yeah, I'm just doing great, you know. Been loving, you know, not not being able to play gigs and earn money. Um, it's been sick. That's fine because you've got, because a, you've got you- a uh, you you run a bar in Melbourne as well, so you've been able to fall back on that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, it's been awesome. I mean, you've got a sick you've got a sick mullet at the moment as well. That is an absolute beauty that you've got on your head. Thank you very much. Been working on it for a couple of years now, I reckon, and. Uh, yeah, once I discovered Joe Exotic, I realised bleach was the only thing that was missing in my life. <laughs> and what about you, Adam? How's life been? You're rocking some uh, some slick wraparounds there, solid glasses. You still Dude. got the long, luscious locks. <laughs> Look at these things. What? Is that, is that snakeskin? What is, what is that? Dude, I feel like I should be uh, in Scooter. Or something, you know, like <laughs> oh, um, I wish we could just chuck on the logical song right now and, uh, <laughs> and c- come back after the break. Um, I've, been, I've been good, dudes. It's a pleasure to see you all for sure. Um, I've just been living in LA for 
I'll take off these fucking ridiculous glasses. <laughs> um, I've been living in LA for like a year and a half now, which seems insane. I guess the whole COVID thing has kind of been one blur. Even though it feels like it was just yesterday, everything was in lockdown. It uh, it still feels like it's been a lifetime of nothingness in a way. But um, at the same time, it's been interesting being out here whilst you know, a lot of social uh, injustice issues have sort of risen to the top, um, not only here, obviously, as well in Australia and all around the world, but I was living in West Hollywood when the uh, the kind of riots, I guess, if that's what you want to call them, broke out that day. And I saw a bunch of dudes like cars on fire and shit. And it was, it was insane to really be there in person uh, and see it all happen in real time. What about you, Ruben? Have you seen any cars on fire or anything? <laughs> around the streets What's, of Sydney? Um, actually... <laughs> So I live in um, St. Peter's and just next to where I live, there's a uh, there was a big warehouse with about 200 motorcycles in it and uh, there was a fire in the middle of the night a couple of weeks ago and one of the motorbikes ended up popping and then it set off a chain reaction <gasps> and all 200 bikes popped due to the flames and the fire and the heat. Oh, my and God. It was crazy. I've never seen anything like it. It was like, I thought it was like some doomsday kind of thing. I couldn't tell what was going on. I thought you were going like to say that one job. of the... <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I thought you were going to say that one of the motorbikes happened to end up in your backyard, you know? Just, <laughs> <laughs> just a little bit of soot damage. Yeah. <laughs> you rescued it from the fire. <laughs> yeah, Goodness no. gracious. Well, we are get on to music here. Uh, the Wombats. How do you, did you meet these guys around a music festival? How do, you, how do you know the boys and how did you decide to do a collab? Because I guess it's not the, the usual kind of thing. Um, I remember Porter Robertson did a song with Urban Cone, a Swedish band a while, but there's not too much collabing between uh, electronic artists and like indie bands. Yeah, for sure. It's, um, I mean, I feel like it had kind of been a long time coming due to the sheer amount of shows that we'd done with those guys. And they're always in Australia doing. They're on the festival circuit. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, we never really, we never really kicked it with them or anything. I was out here and I'd written this little beat. Like, it, 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 I really didn't give it too much thought. It was a very quick kind of just like rough draft vibe. And then I realized that I'd had a session with Murph penciled in into my, into my sketch. And I was like, oh, sick, I'll play him this. And immediately we clicked. We got along and, you know, chatted about Australia and all the all the great things that it has to offer. And, um, <laughs> and yeah, he was down with it. And he, the dude's a genius. We are... Uh, he wrote this beautiful vocal melody and we kind of like workshopped all the ideas he had. And then he reached out to the rest of the band and they recorded parts in Norway and in London. And yeah, it, it all came together very quickly. And um, it was just, a, it was a fun, weird experience that just kind of got wrapped quickly. And then we decided to put it out quickly as well. Cause we have heaps of other music on the back burner kind of. It's one of those scenarios where, you know, uh, you've got a song with the Wombats and you, you just want to get it out straight away before they even realize mm. or change their mind. You know? <laughs> <laughs> It'll slip it into some sort of release schedule so it gets delayed yeah. for years and stuff. Exactly totally. right, yeah. You also had a release earlier on in the year uh, in 2020 with uh, Move, which featured Elisa from The Naked and Famous. So is this like, a, are you looking to collab with, you know, is this going to be the next sort of release? Is that what you're trying to trying to go for? Is the Sydney Symphony Orchestra coming up with Peking Duck? How big are you going to go, boys? Well, that was a similar scenario with Elisa. It was just like, 
I had a beat. I made that beat in an Uber, funnily enough. What? And the dude, got, what? the dude got pulled over. The Uber driver got pulled over by the cops. So I was there on the road waiting Because in the, the car. beat was too lit. The yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Uber driver was a shit face. I'm sorry, sir. And there's smoke just, coming yeah, out of the back of your car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you then played that beat in a motorcycle factory and the whole place exploded. So. <laughs> but, no, dude, we're always down to collaborate, especially like Naked and Famous. That's the shit that we like looked up to, still look up to, of course. Um, and the wombats too. Big so it's job, it's yeah. awesome to be able to jam with these people. And- I have always, always wanted to collab with Mike Skinner from the streets. All right. So yeah. if you're listening, yeah. Mike, that's what I want to do. Who is absolute top of the wish list? Can you say it? Is it uncool to say it as a as a band? That's you know like. Nah, man, not at all. I, that's great. That's actually funny because Mike Skinner. I was just listening to his uh, recent album earlier this morning. He is a genius. He just he's does what he wants to do. That's what I love. Like he's so. What about who would you guys do? Just quickly, fire off a name. Idols, Ooh. the band Idols, which he did a collaboration no, no. with Mike Skinner. Billy Idol. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, well, Ruben, Idol. your hair's very close to a bit of Billy with that peroxide. I reckon you boys. Yeah, that's would a be white able. wedding and a half. <laughs> yeah. Billy would, be- would walk into the studio and look at Ruben and go, "What the." F- Sat on your head, mate. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be brilliant. All right, we'll make some calls. We'll see if we can get that collab happening for you boys. But um, you've also been able to release one of your uh, a solo track as well recently, Ruben. Tell us about this yeah. track, Yoga, with your devotion. Oh, yeah. Well, um, it actually stemmed from uh, Adam sent me an email about a year ago, which said... Uh, hey, I've got a bunch of songs that I'm, you know, keen to maybe do something, you know, a little hustle on the side. And I'm like, holy shit, I've been waiting for this email my whole life. And it was beautiful because it makes it really hard when you're going to the studio each day, knowing that only, you know, with Duck, only two songs are going to come out each year. Yeah. So I guess um, (laughs) it's... (laughs) (laughs) And uh, if you make, you know... Adam and I are probably making like 80-odd songs each a year and, uh, you know, for one or two of them to come out, it sort of makes it... that You know, we sort of hit a point where in 2018 we were like, all right, well, should we write a children's book? Uh, should we open a bar? And we started doing all sorts of things which were completely not music-related because I guess there is something a little bit demotivating when you're rocking up without really... You know, mm. you know, you, so, you don't have too much output. So when you just why, create- why, why are you not? What, what's what's the blockage? Like, what is it? Is it just is it the machine? Is it labels, networks? You know, is it is that or do you just <laughs> do you just want to put out two songs a year that are that are absolute heat beats? Like, what's your process? <laughs> you got us there. Neither of us could ever answer because I mean. <laughs> We've, we've always got heaps of great songs, but yeah, I guess there's, uh, you know, you've got to have a bit of a lead in. Mm. Finally, though, we've decided to start finishing heaps of songs and and uh, we we now have like probably the next five songs all mixed and mastered and that's Whoa. a first time in Duck history. So I think, um, yeah, it was it was just one of those moments where Adam sent this, you know, beautiful email and, and uh, so we both started doing, you know, things on the side and it made it more exciting when we started coming together for duck things and it made working on duck music more exciting. So it's uh, 
it, it was just a win-win in every single way. Yeah, amazing stuff. And so, Adam, then were you, uh, if you sent the first email saying, hey, yo, I'm going to do this stuff, and then Ruben beat you to the post, dropping his <laughs> track, are you like, bro, that was my idea? Like, like are you, yeah. when are you, when are you going to do yeah, your true. Like- <laughs> there, there, there was a moment when I was like, I was like, wait, he's dropping his shit in a week from now. What the f? But no, then I realized. Everything is meant to be as it should. And, and Ruben, like with the yoga stuff, I, I fully support. I think it's dog music and it's something he's passionate about. And like the message behind it as well, using that platform to speak about mental health, I think is a dope thing. So Godspeed to my brother for sure. There's no, it's all love completely. And, and if I'll anything, tell you it's now, made the duck music better for sure. Adam's music as well, by the way. I'll tell you now, I can't, there's a few songs on this debut album of his, which... God damn, I wish they were duck songs. <laughs> <laughs> well, did you do that? Did you have a little bit of like, come on, man, yeah. like, surely this is our stuff. <laughs> there's a couple on there which I remember hearing and I was like, dude, they sound really good. They sound really peaking duck and Adam goes, no, they don't. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> Uh, That's incredible. <laughs> oh, we cannot wait for both of them to get us the full spreads, uh, to sit alongside the bar, the children's book. You guys have always been incredible at, uh, yeah, going and forging your own path and doing what you need to do, which is excellent. We'll let you get back to it. I mean, Adam, you're going back to election kind of things in LA. Uh, so yep. good luck. Good luck <laughs> forging that. Yeah, um, what, great what is, times. What is, I'm not anxious. What is Adam and Peking <laughs> Duck like in LA, actually? Because I'm, you've always been a party barometer in Australia. Love hanging out at a party with you. LA, renowned for them. What, have, what mischief have you got up to over the last 12 months since you've been there? Dude, when I first moved here, it was f***ing clown town. I, um, <laughs> I, I actually, me and my girlfriend ended up at uh, Ben Simmons's birthday. Oh, that whoa. we somehow got invited to. And um, this guy kind of keeps tapping me on the back, like asking for a cigarette. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. And I look who the dude's like giving the cigarettes to. And it's a guy in a hood. And I'm like, that's f-ing Leonardo DiCaprio right there. And he's like <laughs> looking up at me just bombing durries. And I'm like, what? And then I, t- I turn around. So he's got a, a, a durry know. bum assistant. Wait, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like, I'm not going anywhere near that food. <laughs> but um, yeah, I turn around and uh, I see this big, shiny, sweaty head. And I'm like, I know that big, shiny, sweaty head very well. That's Drake. That is Drake right there. And, he t- and Drake just turns around and I'm like, holy shit, where am I right now? <laughs> then... And then we kind of stick around for a bit and like it starts kind of wrapping up. And then we, for some reason, got invited uh, back to Ben Simmons's house to kind of for the after party. And I'm like, this is insane. So we go, <laughs> we go in and like everyone, everyone has to leave their phones like in a box and like go in through this garage. There's like, you know, Lamborghinis everywhere. It's just this amazing house, like something out of, you know, Tony Stark's house pretty much. <laughs> Shout out to Ben Simmons too, by the way. Oh, man, I've been watching so Absolutely many Philadelphia legends. games. Yes. Yeah, absolutely man, king. He's a king. But so we go, we go in there in the kitchen, right, and like we're, we're just partying. Everyone's kind of partying, and I'm just like, who is that person? Is that someone? I think I've seen that person in a movie. Who is, it, it was just insane. And then I turn over and the weekend's just there in the kitchen and he's just talking to my girlfriend like super nice. And I walk over, I'm like, hey man. He's like, 
oh, hey, man, how you going? What's going on? Like, the sweetest dude ever. I'm like, what the f*** is happening? What's going on here? But since then, COVID's hit, and now I'm just at home, hanging out on Zoom, man. I really want, I'd really want one of those parties to transit, like Ben Simmons to host a Zoom party and have all the people there. That'd be incredible. Um, well, dudes, thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us, honestly. Uh, congratulations again on the brand new track, Nothing to Love About Love. Feature, uh, it is with the Wombats. You guys are absolute legends, and, and it's such a pleasure to have you on uh, Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast. Please come back any, any time. Oh, yeah. Thank you, love boys. You boys. We love you. Oh, yeah. Love you, dude. See you soon. Love you, boys. Catch ya. <laughs> All Day Breakfast. It's a Best Bits Breakfast Buffet. What tasty treats shall we indulge in next? Maybe this one. Now, Matt, we celebrated and we reminisced two weeks ago when the anniversary of the Sydney Olympic Games opening ceremony was uh, was on board. It was a great trip down memory lane. We we talked about the uh, the ride, the lone rider who cracked the whip, um, which was a very great one. And we also reminisced about our own sporting highlights from the years. I mean, your day, one of the best days of, of your life up there with with daughter Burke. Oh yeah, I mean, I I scored thirty six on in the seconds. I mean, the sixteen A's. I got a three far, and I kissed a girl that I like. I mean, what more do you want from a day? He scored many times. Uh, myself, I kicked nine goals in the second half against Old Collegians playing for Russell's Creek under seventeens back in the day. I mean, we did have some good times, but given today is the uh, anniversary of the closing ceremony, and what a ceremony it was. Um, we thought it was only fair, given we did big ourselves up and make us sound like huge sporting heroes come, come the anniversary of the opening ceremony. It was only fair that we looked back at some of the darker days in Matt and Alex's sporting history. Because i got to tell you, Matty, it was annoyingly easy to think of them. <laughs> <laughs> You're a very talented athlete. Like, you're a very, very good, well, you know, uh, driven performer. So where, where did it all go wrong? Let's hit him. 1996, playing uh, playing basketball under eights. I was in the Warnable squad, the Warnable Seahawks. Mm-hmm. used to play against uh, teams around the southwest Victorian region. I was one of quite a few people, I guess, whose dad coached them in sport. And you were always <laughs> trying to just do that little bit better because oh, you yeah. didn't want it to be... You didn't want to be daddy's little boy. You wanted to uh, show up. So anyway, I came off the bench and uh, as soon as I got my first possession, I shot it at the wrong ring. Um, (laughs) I bricked it. It went out. Luckily, it missed. My dad calls out. The coach from the sideline calls out, Alexander, get your head in the game. (laughs) A dark day in sporting history. 2000. Uh, the GPS athletics competition in Brisbane. I get called up a year tenor to perform, to compete in the opens men's high jumps. Okay, this is all against people two years older than me. The starting height is 1 meter 65, which is five centimeters above my personal best. I fail three jumps and finish the competition with no height to my name. 1998, little athletics track, Warrnambool, trying javelin for the first time. First throw, I go back, 
throw it forward, hit myself in the back of the head with the pole. Everyone laughs. <laughs> Very dark day in Alex Tyson's sporting history. 1999, Brisbane State High versus, I believe, Padua College in Brisbane. I, as a goalkeeper, we all know how good a goalkeeper I was, except for the fact that I couldn't kick off the ground. The goalie from the opposite team collects the ball after a failed attempt from our team, then boots it. It gets picked up by the wind, sails through the air, bounces over my head into the goal. The goalie scored against me. (laughs) Oh, what a dark day. 2004 Geelong Athletics Track Western Zone Finals. It's the one before State, okay? Uh, Alex Dyson competing in the 100-metre hurdles. And at this point, because Warnable didn't run hurdles in the local inter-school or even the Western District, you had to submit a time in order to Mm. qualify. So I submitted my best time. That got me on there and I caught the bus up with the rest of the kids to Geelong after not (laughs) competing earlier on. Um, Marshalling for the hurdles, I go and stand back. They run through the age groups, okay? Starting low, go high. I'm standing there, I'm warming up, I'm stretching. And I'm looking around, I'm like, geez, this is is thinning out. There aren't many races. Like, I go up and ask the marshal, like, when's my race? He goes, oh, that's already run. That that just happened. I'm like, I was standing here the whole time. I I called it. I'm like, no, but I was here the whole time. The people come out, start packing up the hurdles. I'm standing there. I haven't run. With tears welling in my eyes, I have to walk to the tent, walk to the administration area, explain what's going on. This person's like, oh, I can't, we can't do it on that plea. They, so what they do is they get, they set up a single lane of no, hurdles no. on the track. I go back by myself <laughs> at the start of the 100 metres. They fire the gun for me, a lone hurdler, after everything's <laughs> finished, running down. Because it turns out there were only three people in my event and those two and two of them had run. In order to qualify for state, I needed to get a time better than one. I run by myself. I distinctly hear, as I'm going along, someone yell out from the side, Watch out, they're catching ya! <laughs> I finish... My time places me third out of three. I don't make state. I catch the bus home, two-hour drive back to Warrnambool. While Matt spends some quality time with his 18-month-old daughter and Alex researches some new parasites on the internet, we're reliving some of their best bits. We like checking the fridge to see what's been left over. Uh, We love getting your texts, your calls, um, hitting us up on Instagram at matt.n.alex. And uh, we're just going to share with you a couple of uh, a couple of bite-sized pieces that we didn't get to when they came straight off the stove. Absolutely right, because there are a few loose ends we need to tie up, not least of which uh, the situation in which I, I decreed that there are only really two types of people in this world, those who use butter sensibly and those who, once they've done their spreading, decide to put their excess back on the rim of the butter and or margarine. And uh, James has an opinion on that. G'day, James. Gentlemen. Now tell us, my friend, what is your thoughts on this, uh, this two types of people, this Venn diagram of crummage? Oh, my God. Okay, so I am, of course, the sensible end of the Venn diagram. 
Yeah. Butter remains with butter. And yes. Else. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Due to COVID and the lockdown in Victoria, I ended up hosting my parents for several months mm-hmm. down on the surf coast. That's weird. And it's usually, it's usually, usually the other way around. Usually the other way. Usually <laughs> the other way. What happened there? Oh, <laughs> uh, well. They got kicked out of their share house, did they? Yeah, Yeah, coming home at all hours, probably asking you to do the washing as well. They were about to do a gap year, but the plane got (laughs) cancelled, so they had to crash with you. You know what? They've been drinking all my wine too. Oh, (laughs) goodness. You've got to put a lock on the liquor cabinet, mate. (laughs) I've drawn the line on the bottle, you know, with the marker, just to make sure. (laughs) (laughs) At the same level. Good work, my friend. All right, so what's, uh, what's their stance on the butter? Oh, my God. So it's something that I'd completely forgotten about, um, you know, growing up as a, as a teen in the family home. My father has the worst habit. He will just dig into the butter, load up the knife, go to town on the, on the hot toast, then it's usually Vegemite, oh. straight into there with, like, butter dripping off the knife. Oh, the, no, yeah, no. Straight into the jar, scoop that around over the toast, and then whatever is left just gets scraped back onto the top of the Vegemite jar. Oh, so, what? So oh, you got a bloody <laughs> jar of Vegemite that looks more like a marble cake. That is a disgrace. And then obviously as it cools, it just becomes a condensed glob of butter, oh. Vegemite, and crumb. Cut the mic. Cut the mic. I can't hear <laughs> this. I can't hear this absolute <laughs> disgrace. Squirmy warning on this one. That is absolutely despicable. And the great thing about this uh, situation, James, is you can say, not under my roof, <laughs> to him. <laughs> oh, it gets yeah. better. Now, this man is, is an intelligent, you know, like, well-educated human. Mm-hmm. Now, with his breakfast, he enjoys some orange juice. And he mm. uses that to take his, you know, vitamins in the morning. Mm-hmm. But he cannot handle the fridge temperature of the orange juice. So he will boil the kettle and no. pour a little bit of hot boiling water <laughs> into his orange juice. No. <laughs> <laughs> and I stand there. I stand there every morning just like mouth agape, like, what are you doing? <laughs> Wait, I've never heard of this before. Because I've heard of having a having a you know a black coffee with a dash of cold milk. I've never heard of having a cold juice with a dash of boiling water. He's a strange man. <laughs> oh my goodness, that's so funny. He'd be better off just putting actual oranges in the oven and then squeezing yeah. those. You know, what I mean? oh, mate, I've, I've put I've put forward many options to, to resolve this issue, and none of them, uh, you know. Wow. Oh, he's wow. too far gone. Well, that's well, incredible, likes James. Well, he likes <laughs> gotta, gotta, That's impressive. All right. Thanks, James. No worries. Thank you very much. We've also got Ben joining us from Adelaide. Hello, Ben. Hey. How you doing, guys? Yeah. Good. Look, thanks, Ben. Not too bad. Having my mind blown at the moment for some uh, piping mild OJ. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm going to say, I didn't enjoy hearing any of that either. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was no pretty, one did. That was pretty rough no stuff. Now, uh, your topic that you're getting in touch with us about is when have you had a secret scoff? Yeah, that's right. Because I've been, I've my daughter, my eighteen-month-old daughter Sophia has been uh, on to me. She hears the crinkle of chips Uh-oh. now, and so like I have to hide in the kitchen behind the cupboard door, you know. Or if it's if it's not the if it's not the cupboard door and chips, it's the fridge door and cheese. So I've been secret scoffing a lot. But Ben, you've been you've had a secret scoff before. Yeah, well, something that's always stuck with me that I'll, I'll never forget is just 
it felt real secret, you know, like don't tell, don't tell. It was uh, one of my friends growing up in primary school. They had a, a pretty large family, all the kids, and my mate goes, "Oh, wait, Ben, did you want to? Uh, did you want a chocolate chip cookie? Ooh, bit of a bit of a secret, secret scoff. A, a bit of a cookie <laughs> like, like this. But we don't we don't get cookies. We like uh, just home brand as you do, pretty mm. normals. Oh, all right, we'll sneak in. I know these guys don't get cookies. I don't get cookies. All right, what are we looking at here? And they're all gathered around the kitchen table, scoffing down these little chocolate chip cookie, cookies. And I said, oh, something's not quite right here. And I have a look, and they're scoffing down, like making sure, oh, don't tell mum, don't tell mum. And I had a look, and I said, guys, these are dog biscuits. No, 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 <laughs> no. They nah, are Ben. cookie-flavoured <laughs> no. treats. Oh, oh Betty boy, God. that is... <laughs> That is an absolute Barry Crocker. Um, did you yeah. break it? Break it to them that these secret biscuits weren't weren't all well, that. That's the thing. They okay, chocolate were, doesn't taste like meat. They argued with me. They go, "No, nah, they're the same." I was like, "No, nah, they're not." They're like, no, they're exactly the same. They're good. And like, oh, well, at least look. The good news is no one had worms. So, <laughs> and you had a very shiny coat afterwards. <laughs> Beautiful, Ben. Thank you very much for that. Could I just say, Matt, as well, your uh, weird little food niche, your weird way that you eat things and stuff. Oh, yeah. My, uh, my girlfriend, uh, Gabriella, she must be a kindred spirit because you know those uh, rice biscuits, those rice cakes? Yeah. Flavor on them? Yeah, she'll get a pack of salt and vinegar ones and she'll only lick the salt and vinegar flavoring off them and then just put them aside. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. That one's done. That's finished. So what, like, what is she, I mean, does she at least go out to a park and feed them to the ducks or something? Like, just, <laughs> no, 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 just go in the bin. Just done. <laughs> she could probably find who, who like, flavours them and just get a packet of the flavouring and just... Get, she, you know what I'm she sure should she's do? got some table salt in the cupboard. Yeah. She, she could just pour that. <laughs> she should just get a brick of flavouring and just sit it on the lounge room like a like one of those salt licks for a horse, you know? <laughs> I'm not allowed to have a salt lick in the house for that reason. <laughs> Incredible. Oh, that's a ripper pen. Thank you very thank you very much for that one. We'll catch you later. No worries. See you guys. These are the best bits of Matt and Alex all day breakfast. And that brings us to the end of a best of uh, for your ears. The 16th Actually, of December um, is done and dusted. And Matt O'Kite, yeah, we got something else to add before we uh, we say, sign off? I was going to say, can we get producer Bron on? I've got a question. She's just next door to us right now. Hello, Bron. Hello. So, I mean, with the JoJo thing that we heard at the beginning of this episode, did uh, did you ever reach out to JoJo? I did. I did. But she... Don't get her on the show. She has... <laughs> Politely decline. No! <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> did, you, did she decline or did her people? She had people decline for her. What mm. was their reasoning? What did they say? They were literally just like, no, please <laughs> delete this number. <laughs> you know what? She, she isn't doing press at the moment, but we could potentially get her early next year. 2021, look, oh, if, any, if there's anything you're good at, it's persistence, Bron. Remember, Julia Gillard was busy at the beginning when we asked her and then she ended up coming on the show very kindly, giving us her time. So 
Joe, if there's Joe, one thing that we've learned from today, it's that randomly calling people who don't really know you <laughs> is a good idea. So we're going to get on that and uh, join us not only in 2021, but next week we'll have another special best of for you. Until then, thanks so much for listening and we'll chat to you soon. Bye. That's it. The all-day breakfast kitchen is closed. All the links are at mattandalex.com.au.